Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Pokescast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I'm Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined as I always am by our YVR City preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who's on the phone, and Casper. Brady, what's going on? Oh man, it's just, I don't know, it's starting to feel like summer a little bit out there today, um, late spring, early summer, because it finally wasn't raining, so... I'm the the sun's out and I feel like almost an entirely different person today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three days before June and, um, it was snowing here in Laramie yesterday. I don't know about there, but it was snowing and like 35 degrees and it's still like high thirties, low forties today. Yeah. No, it, it didn't snow here, but it just rained all day, all day. And, and it was, I mean, it was, cold i mean it was probably in the 40s and with the with the the rain making it all cooler it was probably in the 30s or so but um it wasn't great i'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah i'm ready for uh for uh, some of this uh summer weather get here like obviously not like the 90s and stuff but like i mean not like high 30s low 40s either you know where it starts to feel like actual summer yeah, give me rodeo weather, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right, so not a ton going on, I guess, in terms of the Wyoming sports front. Uh, it's going to slow down to a halt as we approach summer and get into summer, but um, there's still track and field going on. That is the final sport that Wyoming's competing in uh, before the – 2018-19 athletic season officially ends, and um, Wyoming has got a few qualifiers uh, for the NCAA track and field championships that'll be held starting next Wednesday um, in Austin, Texas. Um, Casper's own Jariah Davis, she qualified and will be making her first ever NCAA championship appearance. Um, she qualified in both the 100 meters and the long jump. Um, at the West preliminaries, uh, this past week. Um, and then Jayla Henderson be qualified for the second straight year in the triple jump, uh, actually finished third in the preliminary. So those two will be competing individually at the, uh, track and field championships. And then the, the Wyoming's women's four by 100 relay team also qualified, which dry and Jayla are also, uh, part of that team. So, uh, I guess that's something, uh, if that interests you, to uh, keep an eye on um, next week. Uh, but Brady, wanted to, uh, I guess as we get into summer and things slow down a little bit, just first take a, uh, a really early glance at, at Wyoming's football schedule uh, for next season, uh, sort of game by game. And uh, just want to say, I'm, I mean, outside of maybe like the Missouri, which I, I mean, unless, <laughs> you know, Missouri's starters all come down with the flu that week and don't play. I mean, I don't expect Wyoming to win that game. Uh, but I'm really not going to – other than that, some conference games, uh, I'm not going to make, like, any predictions or short predictions right now. I may get into that deeper once uh, – maybe in August, maybe right before the season starts, we can come on here and, and, you know, make some picks and how we think Wyoming season will go. But um, just kind of – just an early glance, kind of just see what – Maybe some of the matchups and um, you know what what some of these teams have coming back and 
Um, just kind of a, a really early uh, outlook on maybe how uh, the season will go for them next next season. Um, so obviously the first one, Missouri at home. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't expect uh, Wyoming to win that game, <laughs> barring a bunch of uh, players. They're you know, going down from Missouri before uh, making the trip to Laramie um, on August 31st. Um, again, Missouri has the uh, Clemson transfer, uh, graduate transfer, um, coming in at quarterback and Kelly Bryant. I still expect fully expect him to be the starter, although uh, I think this, actually, this news actually broke uh, last week, uh, before we did last week's podcast. I think I probably just forgot about it, but... Um, Sean Robinson, another quarterback from Missouri, uh, he's transferring, um, in from TCU and he has filed a waiver to be immediately eligible at Missouri. Um, cause he's alleging mistreatment at time during his, uh, time at TCU. And I don't, I don't know like the depth and all the specifics of this, but I just know he's applying to be immediately eligible. Um, don't think a decision from the NCAA has, has been made yet on, on his status for next season, but just some more quarterback news for uh, Wyoming's opening opponent. Um, like I said, I still fully expect Kelly Bryant to be the, the starter, even if, if Sean Robinson does get granted uh, media eligibility next season. But obviously some, um, some solid reinforcements that Missouri has coming in and uh, some, some quality depth at, at that spot. Yeah, that's some of the the luxury afforded to you when you're a Power 5 program. Um, Not to say that that's the only reason why Missouri got those guys, but they they do kind of have a wealth of riches. They play in the most prestigious college football conference that there is right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're going to be good, and it's going to be another one of those sort of big game moments at the War Memorial, kind of reminiscent of when Oregon came in here with the subpar team. Basically, but it was the brand of Oregon that came into Laramie more so than any team, and fans got excited for it. So it's it's going to be a, a good. I mean, it it it's only it's not even June yet. But having said that, it it is what it is at yeah. this point. You know. Yeah, I will say that. I figured. I don't know if. I guess maybe that Oregon game a couple of years back uh, might match it, but just in terms of like hype and buzz and. Uh, being around w- one particular game, I'm not. I'm not sure uh, that there's been a game at, at Wyoming where it's it's going to generate uh, that kind of attention as as when Missouri comes in here. I mean, I, I fully expect uh, Laramie to be rocking that weekend. Uh, so, but if you, if you're a Wyoming fan and you're looking at, at the matchup and you want to kind of have a, a glass half full mentality on it, uh, you. Know, Missouri is losing their starting quarterback, and a guy that was a really good quarterback for them, and Drew Locke, who was taken in the second round, I think, uh, by the Denver Broncos in this year's NFL draft. Um, you know, and you know Kelly Bryant. Um, you know, he he hasn't really played in a while. You know, he beat out by Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, and um, you know this this will be obviously his first game action in, in a long time. Uh, so. Um, you know, maybe maybe some rust there, and you know, I, I expect Wyoming's defense to be ready. Like Craig Bowles always got a solid defense, regardless of whatever's happening on his team. That that defense is is usually something that can that can keep them in game. So, um, 
you know, that, that'll be interesting, just kind of that, that matchup of, of, a, of a quarterback who's trying to get back in the flow of things against against the defense. That'll be breaking in some uh, some new faces of its own. So, um, yeah, but, but like I said, I just, I, I just think, you know, Missouri's talent level just be just be too much. I mean, that was a what, that was a 40 to 13 game last year, I think, in Missouri. So that's I mean that's that's a, that's a large gap to close. Uh, so then moving on to to the next week and really the next three games, I, I think this is probably the most pivotal uh, part of of Wyoming's schedule. Honestly, if you're talking about just trying to make a bowl game, now you can obviously you get into the conference portion of the schedule and you know if you're trying to compete for a division championship and a Mountain West championship, but just in terms of uh, I think a, a bowl game being a, a real possibility for them. Um, these next three games, so September 7th, they go to Texas State. You come back home September 14th to play Idaho. Then you go back on the road uh, September 21st to play Tulsa. And these three, these three teams went a combined 10 and 25 last year. Uh, Texas State, 3 and 9. Um, Idaho was 4 and 7, and then Tulsa had a, just an abysmal year in the, in the American last year, also going three and nine. So um, I think you, you, you have to win Texas State and Idaho, uh, particularly with Idaho coming to coming to uh, Laramie. I mean, those are two games you got to win, and really, I would say Tulsa as well. But I, I'm not I'm not necessarily ready to say Wyoming is is going to walk in there and beat Tulsa right now. I mean, I'm not ready to go ahead and give them that because they do have, even though they had a really bad year, they do have. They're starting quarterback back, guy that started nine games for them last year. Um, there's not really any place for them to, to go but up. I mean, you, you can't get much worse than, than three and nine. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how, how they look at, obviously, a month into a season at that point. But those are, those are three games, though. I think if, if, you, if you can go three and oh during that stretch, and you probably should, uh, I think you give yourself a real chance, um, you know, to get back to a bowl game. Yeah. I I don't really know what's uh, I don't really know what Tulsa's deal is going to be this year. Um, having yeah. I mean we don't really know what anybody's deal is going to be this year. But it's this it's this is one of the games that Wyoming may have gotten the nod from me on um, in previous years simply because we knew what they were coming back with. We knew what that defense was going to look like. We knew. I mean. Some years we knew that Josh Allen was going to be, or a certain year we knew Josh Allen was going to be back. Um, other years it was kind of uncertainty of who's going to play quarterback. Didn't really, you knew, some years you knew who their premier running back was going to be this year. You don't really, I mean, you kind of know who the premier running back is going to be, but you don't really know the production. So there's, this, yeah, this is a game of too many question marks. Again, still being so early, but I think even going into the, you know, game game week of the season opener against Missouri I think Wyoming's still going to have a lot of question marks and even going into game week of this game against Tulsa there's probably still going to be a lot of question marks um at that point so it yeah there's just, there's just too many question marks to really kind of hone in on it but this is it's yeah it's going to be one of those games where Wyoming if they can gut out a victory it it would be a big one for them yeah. Now, which game are you talking about of those three? Tulsa. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, I mean, on paper, um, you know, I, I don't. None of those teams, of those three teams, uh, are 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 better t- 
talent wise, I think th- than Wyoming. I mean, they're they're going to be either equal to Wyoming or, or, or less than Wyoming. So, you know, and and obviously, look, we, we you get into next season, a lot of this is going to depend on how Sean Chambers performs at quarterback. I mean, that that you can say that with with every team. I mean, you only go as far as your quarterback play lets you go, and and <laughs> Wyoming, that was, I mean, they were they were Exhibit A in that case last season. You know, when they really struggled with with Tyler Vanderwall and then, um, you know, kind of got a, got a lift from, from Sean when he took over those, those three games that he played and then got hurt for that last game. Of course, I mean, they probably could have played New Mexico and won without even, without a quarterback in that, that last game because New Mexico was so bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that, 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 that's, that's an early part of your schedule that, that you need to take advantage of if you're Wyoming. And like I said, before you get into, the conference play where, you know, you're going to be in a dogfight just about every week. Um, you know, that's a stretch. If you can, if you can go three and O, um, you know, you, you it vastly increase your chances of, uh, of getting back to a bowl game. But, uh, the next week, uh, starts conference play. Actually, they will, uh, get UNLV back on the schedule after not playing them, uh, the last couple of years and they will play them in Laramie. um, Hold on one second. I'm gonna pull up their schedule from last year. Yeah, I don't know about a ton about UNLV myself, other than they were once surprised uh, basketball powerhouse. But man, and their their field is really cool. Um, embrace it. Yeah, there. I don't know. Yeah, I was. Fun fact, while you're looking at it, uh, fun fact, um, a couple years ago, I think it might be the actual last time Wyoming played UNLV. It was still when um, Josh Allen and Tanner Gentry were teammates, and it was that back-and-forth ridiculous overtime game in UNLV that was playing in the press box at War Memorial Stadium while I was covering the state high school championships. Um, and it was weird. The There was a lot of times where that press box – a lot of oohs and ahs and screams and moans um, coming from that press box because they just, you know, everybody there especially is like a Wyoming fan, so they're all screaming and hollering um, go with every replay. And it was just a weird thing. I'm pretty sure that that's the last time they played. But, um, yeah, that, I don't know. Yep. That's the memory I have from UNLV versus Wyoming. What year was that? Um, hell. Would that have been? The, would that have? Would that have been the last time they played? Because you know they alternate with the division, cross division. And they play those every two years. So yeah, probably what two thousand fifteen or sixteen? That sounds right. That would have been my first year. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because they didn't play last. They didn't play them in last year or in two thousand seventeen. So the last time they played was sixteen. Yeah, well then, yeah, then that would have been that. Yeah, it was at yeah. UNLV. Yeah, got you. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. So UNLV went four and eight last year, and not, not two, great. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, two and six in the conference, with their only conference wins uh, being Nevada and San Diego State. Go figure on the road at San Diego State. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, another team that your your talent's going to be equal to or better than at a team at the game you should win at home. 
Um, you know, and you really need it, you really need to win at home because, again, if you can pull off that those three straight wins to finish your non-conference portion of your schedule, and you get your NLV um, to start conference play at home, you can win four in a row right there, and you're sitting at what what I what I believe best case scenario would be four and one at that point. Uh, you, you got a lot of momentum and then and taking a lot of momentum into what I think's going to be outside of Missouri, obviously their, their next biggest test, which is the next week or not next week, but the next game, October 12th at San Diego state. Cause they'll actually get a bye uh, after the UNLV game. So they get a week to rest up uh, before hitting the road to San Diego to take on San Diego state. And obviously San Diego state um, solid team, obviously every year in the mountain West, uh, a bowl team, from last year, if I'm not mistaken, they pull their uh, they pull their record up from last year. weren't as good as I originally thought they were, uh, at least record wise. They finished six and six, barely got to a bowl game, and no, no, seven and five. Excuse me, it's going to seven and five, and then yeah, got shut out in the bowl game by Ohio. Got them doors blown off by Frank Solich and his boys. True, yeah. Good old Nebraska days. Go roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just you know, it's it's hard to know exactly when uh, you know before you get into the season to know exactly what these teams are going to look like. And let's see, played a couple. Yeah, they lost to Stanford last year in their opener, and then they beat. Uh, Arizona State at home. Uh, they beat Boise. So, uh, lost to Fresno State. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, first real road test, in my opinion, um, about that part of the schedule. That's it's going to be a tough one for them. And then uh, you get to come home the next week uh, for your sixth game against New Mexico, and I mean, you, you don't shoot yourself in the foot, don't turn the ball over, um, you know, don't beat yourself in that game, and I think you're going to beat New Mexico. Like, you should absolutely beat New Mexico. Um, and by that point of the season, if they're, if they're on a if – they, if they have a rocky first half of their season, you got Bob Davey, you know, the coach who's already on shaky ground. Uh, they could have easily made a coaching move – our coaching change at the end of last year didn't, but you know, if they're, if they, if they're limping into that game with a rough first half of the year, you know, it, I don't, I don't know how much they're going to care at that point, you know? So, um, but I, the, you look at the first half of their schedule, uh, even with, even considering Missouri, which is a game, I mean, look, nobody really expects them to win that game, but you know, outside of that, I mean, that's a pretty manageable first half of your schedule. Yeah, yeah, it's there's a couple tough games like the Missouri game I think is a big one um that I don't know if a lot of I mean the optimistic Wyoming fan would be would say yeah absolutely we can beat them but you know the more um uh, I, get, I, I don't get, even know if the I don't even know if the most optimistic Missouri or Wyoming fan thinks that game is one of them. Right. Well, to to put it in layman's terms, it would be a historic upset if Wyoming yes. were to beat Missouri um, at the war in the season opener. 
but after that, I mean, yeah, you do have a series of winnable games. Your other big, um, dare I say, big biggest team to that you play in the non-conference is a Tulsa team in a solid conference with a pretty solid program historically, but a team that's not overly um, impactful and uh, authoritative right now. So you can go in. That's, a, that's still a pretty winnable game at the moment. And, yeah, if you come if you come out of the non-conference with only one loss, and that's to Missouri, then you're not looking too bad. And you ended on a winning streak going into conference play, which is big. Um, if you can take out yeah, UNLV in New Mexico – then uh, boom, you're basically bowl eligible already. You know, like the it's almost the polar opposite of the problem that they had last year. And I yeah. think, and they're still going to be playing with a lot of young guys. So a, a hot start to the season like that would only be beneficial um, to a lot of the young guys on the team, and uh, would do a lot for some of these guys that will be playing big time minutes for the first time. Yeah. Uh, look, bottom line, if if Wyoming is going to get back to a bowl next season, it's going to happen in the first seven games of their schedule. Uh, because, yeah, like we mentioned, after Missouri, I mean, I can see them winning every single one of those games. Will they win every single one of them? Mm, maybe not. But the, the, it's like you look at that schedule, and it's you can sit there and say, yeah, I, I could see them winning every one of them games, those games and conceivably being 6-1 and one, heading into to a backstretch. That'll, that'll get a lot tougher. But, um yeah, they, they if they're going to do it, it's going to happen in the first half of their schedule. So, um, but we can uh, we can take a break, Brady, and then we can come back and we can dive into uh, these final five games. Welcome back in to the postcast, and uh, now we're going to look at the last five games on Wyoming's schedule, and that starts with a home game against Nevada, another team that is in the West Division that Wyoming uh, did not play the last two years and is back on the schedule, and another team that was, they finished the regular season last year, seven and five, uh, with, they beat uh, Arkansas State. In the Arizona, what yeah, Arizona Bowl in overtime last year, um, you know, I, I just I don't think the Mountain West, I, I, like, and in, in tying into all this kind of being manageable for for Wyoming in terms of their schedule up to this point, these first eight games, um, I just don't think that the Mountain West is going to be all that loaded and turn into just really good team because this this conference really, if you think about it, last year was top heavy. I mean, you had. Uh, Fresno State, uh, Utah State, and Boise State 
that were pretty much head and shoulders above everybody else. And and because those were three of the bowl eligible teams last year, Nevada was seven and five, and San Diego State was barely got into six and six. So I, I just you know, and, and one good thing I guess if you want to look at it uh, from Wyoming's standpoint in terms of their schedule is they don't they don't play Fresno this year. So uh, they're losing Fresno and they're getting Nevada and UNLV back on their schedule. Uh, I think that's a trade they'll take. And again, at home, I think it's a very winnable game for Wyoming. You know, we'll, we'll see at that point. Uh, you know, you're talking what eight games in the schedule at that point. You know, you know injuries, other attrition can you know affect what a team looks like. But you know, if everything holds serve and and you know t- both teams are still relatively healthy, I mean, I think that's a that's a game that's winnable uh, for Wyoming. Um, so then they get their second bye. Uh, heading into what I believe is their, their toughest stretch of the season uh, by far, these last four games, um, starting with a road trip at Boise on November 9th and then turning around the next week on November 16th and traveling to Utah State. And, uh, you know, depending, if, if Wyoming has as good of a year as they could be having up to that point, again, schedule's manageable. We'll see what happens, obviously, but – that, that Boise State game, man, that could be one where both of those teams are still in the running uh, for the Mountain Division Championship. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. It's 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 kind of where, like, what I alluded to or what I kind of thought would be possible was gaining steam on the back half of that non-conference and then getting a couple early conference wins and some winnable games, getting these young guys some confidence and something to roll with going in because it is that uh, it's a dense part of their schedule that is right here kind of at the meat of kind of playoff push or bowl game push. Playoff push. He said it going to the college football playoff. He said, well, I'm going undefeated. Yeah. Well, hold on. Uh, um, because yeah this is this is the meat this is the this is the the toughest part and the early season or the non-conference wins could give these guys some confidence i thought this is where i think um you get a couple of losses here um back to back or you know two out of three losses and then they start to kind of question themselves and it leads to you know they don't really have another kind of gimme win or another like, you know, rally the wagons win um, after this or at this point for the rest of the season. So this is, yeah, this is a stretch where they're really going to have to bring it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Boise. Uh, and then, yeah, the trip to Utah State the following week. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's just tough as a, of a back-to-back road stretch in the conference as you're going to find. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I guess the benefit, I guess, for every other team uh, in the Mountain West, particularly in the Mountain Division, is that, you know, Boise State is, is losing their the, the, the face of their franchise, so to speak, and Brett Rippon. I mean, it was a, what, three-, four-year starter at quarterback, had all kind of Mountain West records. Um Guy was there forever and really <laughs> tormented a lot of defenses over over the last handful of years, and so they'll they'll be breaking in a brand new quarterback now. Obviously, at that point of the year, nine games in, so you know either either Boise State will have a, have it figured out at quarterback and will probably be another a, a, a contender again in the Mountain West, or 
or they won't, and they might not be nearly as good as people think. You, you never know. Uh, you know, like like everybody else in football at every level, man. You're 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 going to go as your quarterback goes. So, um, but obviously a, a big stretch for them, uh, heading down the uh, the end of their schedule, and then obviously with Utah State, uh, they don't have to worry about uh, who's going to be their quarterback. Jordan Love, you know, probably the best quarterback in the Mountain West by far. Um, heading into the season, um, they were last year when when uh, they played here at Wyoming. They were number ranked number two nationally in scoring offense. I, I don't I, I don't remember what they finished, but I believe it was still in the top ten nationally uh, by the time the season ended. So uh, I know they lost a couple of their running backs, um, but they they've got they've got a, a really good signal caller there in, in Jordan Love. Uh, I think he'll just be a junior next year. Um, but a guy that's got all the tools and um, really makes that offense go. And then the next week is the game that I figure a lot of Wyoming fans probably have circled on their schedule. Um, Colorado State comes to Laramie for the game that has infamously been moved to Friday. Um, and what Wyoming's won, what, two, three in a row? In this series now, so um, you know, <laughs> Wyoming handled them pretty easily uh, last season in Fort Collins. Um, I think that's another game. Again, you have the the, the emotions and everything tied that that comes with the rivalry. But I, I think that's a game that as long as as long as Wyoming doesn't beat itself, I think um, Colorado State's going to have a hard time coming in to to Laramie and, and pulling out a win in that game. No, um, th- this is where we get to kind of, um, again, full circle. Um, you, you heard me talk about that tough stretch and what the psyche could could do for some of these young players. I think the losing streak keeps going. And as of right now, my premature evaluation is that they lose all of these remaining games since that tough stretch. And in, including the Colorado State one, because it seems like every single year I'm having to oversee or not oversee, but every single year I'm having to play a part or see my Twitter blow up in some ridiculous comeback or ridiculous sort of rivalry game but for the border where and Wyoming typically has come on has come away with with a lot of those wins. Um, at least in recent memory. So I think this is one where Colorado State's going to get one back on them. I think um, the the Rams don't have as many question marks. I, be- yeah. I, I, I think it, there's just too many questions for Wyoming, and based based upon Wyoming having the this recent history stretch, mm-hmm. I think Colorado State breaks uh, breaks the mold and breaks the tiny curse that they have going and Wyoming can't regain that momentum that they had um, earlier in the season. Bam. Bam. Sorry. I'm, I'm just looking up their roster to make sure this guy's coming back. I think their quarterback's coming back. Yeah. And remember to send send your hate mail to Brandon underscore Foster at Trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if 
Colorado State came in here and won. Uh, they do have Colin Hill coming back at quarterback. So Redshirt Junior, uh, plenty of experience. Uh, but they lose some weapons outside, and their their defense was just so bad last year. Um, I mean, Wyoming did virtually anything it wanted to in that game uh, a season ago, and I don't know, man. A couple with the fact that. I don't know if their defense is going to be a whole lot better. Plus that that game just being in Laramie, uh, I think that'll that'll push Wilmer over the top. But they end their season with a trip to Air Force, which is always a tricky game, um, as everybody in the Mountain West knows. <laughs> with Air Force running that option and just an, an offense you just rarely see nowadays at, at any level of football. Um, and you know, last year, I'm, I'm still not sure how Wyoming pulled that game off. Um, you know, Air Force rushed for, I want to say, you know, 300 plus yards. Um, the only time Wyoming really stopped them was when they absolutely had to have it in the last eight, 10 minutes of that game when, you know, they scored three touchdowns thing in the, in the fourth quarter and, and, and pulled that game off somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, always, always a, uh, a, a tricky proposition, uh, playing Air Force and particularly playing them, um, in Colorado Springs. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, like I said, if, if they can, if they can make, make some headway in the first half of their season, those first seven games, um, you know, I, I think they get, you know, even if, if, they don't compete for, for the Mountain Division Championship and a conference title. I, I think that gives them, um, you know, some cushion to, you know, drop a few games on the back end and and, and still be in a position to, to, to make a bowl game, And which I think they need to get to seven wins to do that. I mean, obviously we saw last year six and six. That's, you know, when, when you only have a, a five contracted bowls in the Mountain West – um, I mean, you have to think, uh, you know, just going into the season that Boise State's going to be bowl eligible, Fresno State's going to be bowl eligible again, um, you know, Nevada, uh, Utah State, uh, you know, it, that, that's four right there, and you know, you're you want you want to be in, you know, a good enough record uh, to kind of make sure you get that fifth spot, and I think that's going to take seven wins, and I, I mean, I, I think. For sure, Wyoming uh, can can get to that number, um, if not more. But you know, again, this all rides on on obviously staying healthy. I mean that that's that's the caveat to every team. But um, you know, the the play of their of, of Sean Chambers and, and how he performs, and if they're able to get more out of the passing game from him, because he was you know largely a a, a run first quarterback. Um, last season, but when when he threw it, it didn't didn't throw it a whole lot. But when he did throw it, he he, he was able to complete some passes. I mean, he uh, finished fifteen of twenty five last year, so that that's sixty percent. And you know, if he can go a whole season uh, with a sixty percent completion percentage as, as a red shirt freshman, I think Wyoming would take that and be be sitting in a pretty good spot in terms of bowl eligibility. Yeah, um, it's it's tough. It, it's one of those question marks that. W- that, that that exists now that you think 
you kind of pivot between best case scenario and worst case scenario, and you really don't think that either one of them are going to happen. It's got to happen somewhere in the middle. Um, and obviously the upside is there. There's a lot of belief in Sean and what he's done, if rightfully so. Uh, he His body of work last year before they before he got hurt was was great and and obviously there's all of the question marks of if uh craig will should have played him earlier i don't know that's for you to decide i don't care uh but (laughs) but going but going into this season with all of with all of the uncertainty especially on defense you know craig was probably going to focus on the defense or at least have a good uh passion for making sure that that defense doesn't really drop off as much as some people think it might considering all the weapons that it's lost but that's that's going to be the main focus and maybe that's part maybe because the defense might not be up to snuff maybe Wyoming's going to have to be in a couple of these uh shootouts like they were a, a couple of years ago um with Josh Allen so maybe that plays in the hand maybe letting Sean Chambers kind of run, run off leash a little bit um as as it were to say uh, let him get out of the out of the tackle box. Let him turn up field. Let him um, look downfield a little bit more with his arm. I don't know. It's it's it it could go either way. I'll put it that way. It really could go either way, and I'm I have no idea what uh, what to expect out of offense or defense at this point. Yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the beauty of uh, the off season. Uh, pretty when it gets in the summer, man. Everybody's everybody's optimistic and thinks it could be great, but season could turn out any number of ways. So who knows? But I I will uh, I'm going to take kind of a, a deeper dive uh, into Wyoming's schedule and it, its uh, opponents uh, one by one. Probably later this summer as part of a series that. That will run on Trib.com and also in, in the newspaper. Um, so uh, that'll probably look at doing that probably around July or so. Um, probably maybe leading into Mountain West Media Days. So we'll have obviously a lot, lot more on on their schedule and and some more and more detailed uh, dive into into exactly what these teams have coming back, what they don't have coming back, strengths, weaknesses, just. Things like that. So, uh, Ray, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to talk about this Art Browse ordeal? Man, I don't know. It, it, from I know, I know you got opinions. For me personally, there isn't a single thing I could say that hasn't been said by a dozen other people on Twitter already. I just, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand it. I just and for anybody who's been living under a rock <laughs> over the weekend, uh, Art Brawl is a former Baylor coach, was hired by a high school in Texas as their football coach. And obviously, if you've kept up with the story at all, you know that Art Brawls was uh, fired from Baylor along with the AD and and the president and ba- all basically any. <laughs> administrator in a leadership position at Baylor was gone um, after the whole sexual assault uh, scandal there and I just I don't 
the the only yeah the only real thought I have on it, man, is the fact that if you're going to hire Art Browse, the only message you're sending is we want to win football games and we don't care about anything else. Like you don't, it's a it's a giant slap in the face to uh, sexual assault victims and any particular any I should say potential um, victims that that come out of this at, at that school that he was just hired at. And, uh, you know, I, I know there's going to be people that sit there and say, well, or their opinion is, well, the guy made a mistake. Uh, are you going to, you, you, you're going to punish him forever for one mistake or think he should never coach again. It's like, it, this was a 60 something year old guy who made conscious decision, not only to essentially turn a blind eye to sexual assault allegations, but at times, he and his staff also discouraged potential victims when they came forward from reporting that information to authorities. Like, th- that, that's not a mistake. That is a conscious pattern of choice in which you put football over everything else. And look, I, I'm not going to get into all the details. Like, for anybody listening, all you have to do is, is Google Art Browse and Baylor or, or Art Browse and Baylor and and uh, Scandal. I mean, th- there are tons of reports, including the report from the Pepper Hamilton Law Firm in Philadelphia that was hired by the school to investigate how the athletic department um, and the coaching staff there handled sexual assault claims and uh, their, their Title IX stuff. Like it's it's all there. So you, I mean, it's there's no way you can read that stuff and say, well, Art Browse wasn't complicit in this or didn't have a major uh, hand in, in ignoring sexual assault victims. Uh, it's just that that's all I can say about it. Like, if you're gonna do that, that's if you're gonna hire him. Like, all you care about is football, and all you care about is when, and you're saying that it's more important than human decency, than human life, and. Uh, you know, just some deplorable actions. So, yeah, I don't don't have anything much more to say about it than that. Yeah, well, and not a whole lot of people have been around um, to tell Art Bryles that he's wrong and that it isn't about just wins in football. Yeah. So, it's the Bryles thing's another thing, but it takes uh, an army. It takes a village. It takes an army to. Um, basically just incubate that sort of behavior and foster it and let it let it become your identity which is exactly what happened with Baylor so yeah so i don't know man Sh- i just shame on that that school that school district for allowing that to happen i mean now i, I don't i don't think art browse should ever be in a position of leadership ever again and now you've got him leading a high school football team Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, God forbid what, what happens and how is he going to handle it? If you know, somebody comes to him and says, Hey, Art, you know, there's this girl on the women's tennis team, you know, who says she was raped or, you know, assaulted by this, this football player. How, how are we going to handle it? I mean, do you, uh, you trust him to, to take the, proper course of action and follow protocol and do what any normal human being would do in that situation and report it and, 
you know, just do the right thing after everything that happened at Baylor just because he wanted to win football games there and wanted to keep his best players on the team? I mean, regardless of their any other actions? Like, I just, I don't know, man. That's... And that's on them if, some, if, if something happens. I mean, you know, you can sit here and talk about Art Browse, and obviously I'm not a fan of Art Browse personally in any way, uh, but he didn't hire himself there. Uh, you know, he, he had to be hired by somebody, and that, that, that school and that school district signed off on that. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, – I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get making, making sports and making football and making money – so much more important than basic human decency, but um, that's, that's just me. Welcome to football. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say if it can happen at the high school level, um, like has been proven to happen, and like you know. Um, now has the uncertainty with our Bryles based upon his history, and it can certainly happen at the college level. Look at our Bryles, not not the only example, but certainly one of the prime cases. And it can happen at the professional level uh, if you look at bas- the vast number of cases of domestic assault, uh, sexual violence, um, everything that's kind of... I mean, it, it happens at all levels. It just does. So it's it's bigger than Art Bryles. It's bigger than one program, one school district. It's uh, it's the whole landscape, and it's bigger than football. It's gonna take uh, it's gonna take something bigger for society to look at itself and say what at what point do we draw the line? Right, and it's not. It's like look, you're a high school football coach or a college coach or whatever. You, you know, in college, you've got 85 scholarship players plus walk-on. I mean, you're talking about 100 kids. And at most places, you're talking about just a number of players where you can't monitor them 24-7. Like, so out of that many players, yeah, there's going to be some bad apples. And things are going to happen. But it's how you respond once you find out those things happen. And Art Browse and his staff, there's evidence that they, they were about – as far from proactive as you can be and all but ignored any time that uh, uh, they were made aware of an allegation of one of their players. I mean, like I said, you can Google this stuff and read all the media reports, read the findings of the uh, Pepper Hamilton's uh, investigation into the school and, and the athletic department, how they handled all this. I mean, it's, 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 it's gross. I mean, it's just, it, it's appalling. So, uh, you know, Again, if somebody comes back to him and and he you know is told that hey man there's you know there's this girl saying that this player is assaulting her and has raped her or whatever, like I mean who's to say he's not going to do the same thing there and try to hide try to hide that stuff? Uh, Mountain West fans will remember uh, Sam Akwachu, the defensive end from Boise State, who was dismissed in 2013 from their from the team. After it was later learned that uh, there were accusations made against him uh, that he had assaulted his his girlfriend at the time, that all happened. There were people reportedly that that told Art Bryles and Baylor, like, "Look, this guy's this guy's nothing but trouble." I, I wouldn't, you know, basically warned him of all the red flags with this with this guy, and they still admitted him, and he was con- 
convicted at Baylor of uh, raping a soccer player there, like two years later. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it's not like he brought in a bunch of innocent guys and then they did stuff after the fact that maybe he, he may have not um, seen coming. Some of these guys had troubled past that he let in there, and then they, they did the same thing uh, at Baylor. So, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a it's an awful situation all the way around. But, um, Brady, we can, we can go ahead and get out on that. Um, as, as always, guys, you can keep up with our Wyoming coverage uh, at trib.com, postauthority.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. At Pucks Authority, at Wild Varsity. You follow me on Twitter, at Davis E. Potter. Follow Brady as well, at Brady Oltmans. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So follow along with it, download it, share it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, Brady, any final thought before we get out of here? Uh, Tobin Heath is the best Women's World Cup this summer. Y'all better watch. There you go. Soccer from Brady Oltmans himself. So... All right, Brady. I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with me. And we appreciate you guys for listening as always. Uh, we won't have a podcast next week because I'll be on vacation and I'm just just not going to do it. Uh, so I, I'm not – like we mentioned last week, and just we'll kind of figure it out as we go exactly when we want to jump on here and do one. But uh, it'll kind of be um, hit and miss. Uh, we may do one every two or three weeks just depending on our schedules and things like that. But – uh, we'll figure it out. I mean, we'll, you haven't heard the last from us this summer, so uh, we'll figure it out then. So uh, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will catch up with you guys later on. <laughs>